This is Tuesday, and I'm Robert P. Fitton, a cyborg with a screw loose. There have been so many stories and movies about cyborgs and androids. I remember comfortably sitting in my theater seat in front of a massive stage curtain. It was 1983, and Harrison Ford had just zoomed into stardom in the 70s. The curtain opened ever so slowly to the largest movie screen I had ever seen before or since. I'm sure it was 70 millimeter. It was as if I was right there as bounty hunter Rick Deckard Ford pursues a gaggle of replicants, specifically the Nexus 6 model. They've just killed 23 people in a space colony. We all know Darth Vader's penchants for revenge and violence. Nevertheless, Anakin Skywalker is the chosen one. Even when Anakin turns into Darth Vader, he remains the chosen one. I first saw Darth Vader on a movie screen at the Mountain Farms 4 Theaters in Hadley, Massachusetts. The screen was not much larger than the TV in the front room here in 2021. Then we have the $6 million man who was bionic. That was the first program I ever taped on VCR. The Cylons were in Battlestar Galactica, 2004 edition, and I guess I'll throw in Inspector Gadget. And let's not forget Arnold. I remember the end of the Terminator movie when just a piece of that cyborg was left to fight. Creepy. There's an unmitigated fear of the all-powerful. Harlan Ellison said he loved the movie. He was just blown away by it. Who? Who? The primary motivation of a Dalek is to destroy anything that is not like even to the point of internal destruction when a rogue Dalek fails to conform. The primary motivation of a Cyberman is to create like as as it's now the only way to reproduce. I was reluctant to write an entire novel about a being who is a mixture of human genetic structure and a conglomeration of advanced electronic substitutes and enhancements, because it's all been done before, but not the way I put this book together. I wanted this being to be in control of a late 20th century planet that also contains dramatic technological advances prime of which is the cyvacking of humans into compliant duplications of his body structure. Here's what I did. The Galactic Command Marichelli project creating this dumbbell has messed up. So what we have here is a cyborg type named Saul whose brain is not working quite right. And he rules the planet Scabia Tangle. Now it gets interesting because Saul has the power to move into the galaxy and cyvac entire populations. Saul manipulates the military for his own ends and keeps Saul City, that paradise personified, in a perpetual state of terrorism, destruction, and death. Saul has cohorts that I won't mention here. But I wanted a subplot as important as the main plot, angled into this morass on Scavia Tangle. The book is the second book in the Galactic Command series. Commander John Ross is scheduled for an extended vacation with his family on a space liner type of recreation vehicle. What Ross fears even more than his mortal enemies, the Antarians, is spending any time with his father. John Ross Sr. works for the Command Intelligence. His life has consisted of time away from his family. The old man is distant and has his own way of looking at the world. Ross asks his trusted second-in-command and close friend, Hugh Lindy Lindsay, to accompany him on vacation. A good portion of his crew will be working on an aqueduct project on a faraway planet. This isn't a theme about an author not getting along with his father because my dad was always there for me. 
setting up this scenario between these two men is asking for a confrontation. And here's the real problem for Ross. The ship carrying Commander Ross's family has been captured by a tug-drag beam to the planet Scavia Tangle. These elements, along with Ross trying to evade Saul and his family at the risk of being turned into half-humans, makes Reunion an exciting book. And remember, Ross is forced into a situation where he has to speak to his father and confront his own demons as he joins forces with his father against Saul. It was really fun to do Saul's voice, complete with the disjointed sentences and sketchy judgment. His temperament is edgy. Reback, I will. Reback, I will. Put a little echo in there and maybe a little metallic reverb and we have Saul's voice and its decisions spread fear across the planet. This is why I like this book with this half-human who is not all there but in charge. There's a tried and true doctor's definition for Saul's condition. Microdechia, playing with less than a full deck. That's all, folks. Postscript. Edgar Allan Poe, the man that was used up. A general who was desecrated by Indians, his hacked-up body parts have been replaced by prosthetic devices. Before appearing in public, he must reinstall the prosthetic devices into his body. The narrator now understands the general's great secret. Poe's catchphrase, he was the man that was used up. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, a fictional correspondence between Captain Robert Walton and his sister Margaret, is detailed here in this audio. I'm Robert P. Fitton. Revac. Implement.